Welcome to Managing Marketing and today I'm chatting with Chloe Hooper who's National New Business and Marketing Director at PhD. Welcome Chloe. Hello, how are you? I'm very well. But the reason you're sitting here is because of that uh, opinion piece that you wrote in Ad News about pitching. I don't think you quite said you're bitching about pitching but you certainly had some uh, very uh, clear thoughts on pitching. Yeah, I think I've I've been doing this for a, f- a few years now, and um, yeah, I've, I've experienced a lot of different pitches, um, some good, some bad, and I I just felt the need to kind of put my opinion out there and say how I currently think the state of play is. Well, look, I think that's really refreshing, and I'd encourage it because you know often we hear as pitch consultants we hear uh, agencies will give feedback, but they don't want to be quoted on it and things like that. But you know, pitching is a two-party um, process. You know, you need to understand the impact that it's having on agencies as well as the uh, the impact on marketers. Yeah, I th- I think there's been a massive call um, from all agencies actually, maybe not publicly and as you say putting your name to it but I do think that there is a massive fatigue within the whole agency realm um, to change the way that pitches are currently being run and um, so I, I we might be the ones that put the na- put our name to it but yeah I do think it's a it's a global thing mm. and uh, we don't do we have to have a, a disclaimer now that this is uh, Chloe Hooper's uh uh, personal opinion and doesn't represent those of uh, PhD or Omnicom Media Group. Uh, absolutely, I think <laughs> I think we should definitely um, definitely put that out there. I think that it's one of those things. Everyone's got a different opinion on how things should be run and what works and what doesn't. But um, yeah, I've I've had a few conversations leading up to this podcast with different people, and that's apparent even there within PhD. You know, everyone's got their this is how I'd like it to be done, this is how I'd like it to be done. And that's why there's no kind of universal answer at the moment. Um, but I do think it's something that needs investigating on what is best practised. Because, mm. you know, from our perspective, the best new business win is one that the agency doesn't have to pitch for. Would you agree with that? I, I certainly do agree with that. I think that pitching takes up a lot of resource. Um, it's like an extreme sport. You've, you've, you've got to be in it to win it. Um, so winning new business without a pitch is a ideal scenario um but maybe not the fairest way of doing things um i think that it's really important to ensure you know if you are pitching for something you're prospecting for and it's something you actually do want to go after and that's how you sometimes can win without your pitch process and also if you're the incumbent so if you're the incumbent agency it's also always nice to have the opportunity to not go to pitch um, mm. and maybe just resolve issues internally Oh, no, I think that's probably uh, a fair um, observation because we find incumbents are always in a very difficult position in that they're trying to address any perceived problem and at the same time compete against the shiny new that's being offered by the new agencies that have none of the heritage or baggage that's come from working with that client. Yeah. Well, I mean, you probably know this from, from your experience in this, but if you're the incumbent, you've you've got an opportunity, you know, to show off all your shiny new toys, but also you're in a position where it's kind of like, well, why wasn't this being done before? So it's kind of creating that It's a balance. double-edged sword, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but you're... It's so difficult. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I think we probably try and level the playing field because it is hard for the incumbent, you know. Um, also, where uh, a client drags an incumbent into a pitch when they have no intention 
of actually appointing them again is just such a waste, don't you think? I, I do agree, but I just... Um, speaking from previous experience, I I think during my career we have been in positions like that where we we thought you know we're not we're not going to be the ones to to get this and you can turn it around like refreshed um, teams and refreshed ways of working. I think that you know as the incumbent you do want the opportunity to have a chance to have another go. Um, so yeah, it, it is one of the situations if you've got no chance then you obviously don't want to be involved. But I I do think that as an incumbent you want the opportunity to prove yourself the same way the rest of the market is. Now, I'm not sure if this is fair, but let's start with the positives. What are, what makes a good pitch from your perspective? And, and you're talking from quite a few years of experience, both in Australia and the UK, and also, I'd imagine, a large number of pitches. Yeah, well, I've done my fair share. <laughs> I've certainly <laughs> done my fair share of pitching. Um, I think that, yeah, speaking from a UK experience and um, Australia, which as I said earlier, it's got quite a different um, approach to pitching, depending on what country you're in, just from a cultural point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that what works really well in Australia pitches is everyone's kind of got the mentality of how can we do, how can we deliver our best without completely sweating the small stuff. Um, I think that a, a really strong pitch is actually when the client knows exactly what they're looking for. I think sometimes we go to um, into new business processes and the client's unsure of what they're really looking for and they're kind of going to market thinking, oh, well, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll see what we like when we get there. Um, and I think the best pitches and the best run pitches are when the client's really sure, they can articulate that really well. Um, and then the agency's got them available to ask the questions and work as a partner with them throughout the process. So I think the best run pitches are definitely when everyone's kind of aligned in what success looks like Mm. um, from the outset. Um, And I think having a pitch consultant involved in that is crucial. Um, So yeah, that would be best case scenario. Because often uh, we've had situations and we know of um, times when marketers are really going to pitch because they're not sure what they want. They just want to know what else is out there. It's almost like the old thing with the remote control on TV. Yes, this program's good, but what else is on TV? Um, it, it really can be a huge waste of everyone's time, can't it? I, I think certainly it, it can be, but I think I think if the marketer's invested in what they're doing, then it's worthwhile. I think if they're kind of just doing it because you know there's internal pressures too and they've not got any intention of moving, um, then it's not worth it and they're just out there looking for new ideas um, and to probably maybe just give their current agency a bit of a kick up the bum to say, come on, this is this, you, could, you could be up for a pitch here. Um, but yeah. Which is weird, isn't it? Because uh, we read and hear so much about, it's all about the relationship. But uh, this is a relationship where it's, uh, well, if you don't lift your game, I'm going to dump you and get someone else. You know, imagine running your personal relationships like that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm just thinking of my personal relationships if I'm currently doing that. Um, yeah, I am. Um, I think that... Ooh, tough. Yeah, I know, my poor, my poor partner. Um, I think that um, you should definitely think... I, trying to think of the best way of framing this because I, I want to be as, as polite as possible. I think that it's important to invest 
the time into going into pitching and if you're not committed to pursuing that further and to creating new relationships um, with potentially new people, as I said earlier, potentially new people in the current agency you're working with. It might be you love the agency, you love their way of thinking, but the team you've currently got working on that organ- on that piece of business isn't right for you and you do need to you know, give them the kick up the bum to reshape that. Um, but I think, yeah, it it's puts a lot of pressure and res- on resource um, limitations on the agency. So, you know, a typical media pitch, and you'd have to say that uh, in some ways media can be even more onerous as a pitch because there's so much detail potentially in that process. You know, media strategy, media buying, and then in media buying you've got digital, programmatic search. You know, there's so many different elements that can be explored just in media. And as we know, media agencies are doing more than just media. You know? So what what is the sort of commitment to an agency when you get called in to do a pitch? So I think you're 100% right in what you're saying. It's becoming more and more fragmented and what agencies can offer is just becoming more and more diverse. Um, but I just think the commitment there from the agency needs to be to have a small core team that can help bring all of that talent and that skill set together. Um, I think that's probably the most important important commitment we can make is to make sure that we're delivering a, something for the client that is outrightly one answer with a small a small team instead of getting the world and their dog involved in terms of delivering that to the client. We need to make it as simple as possible as possible for Because it is time consuming, isn't it? It's, it's time consuming for the agency to actually participate in the pitch, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of resource that goes into it. There's a lot of energy, um, and I think it goes back to being the most imp- to making sure that you're pitching for stuff that you really desperately want to win. So, is the is a brand the right culture fit for you? Um, and do you really want to work with them? And are you going to produce that best award winning work for them? Because I think that if you don't if you don't work with people and you're not 100% to, committed to pitching to win, then you won't necessarily get the best results and people will get tired. And if you're going pitch to pitch to pitch to pitch, yeah, people get exhausted and they mm. won't want to carry on pitching. And pitching should be a privilege. It should be something that people in the agency are desperate to work on and really enjoy doing it. Not a grind of, oh, here comes another hour. Yeah, not another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've already sacrificed three weekends this month. Yeah, yeah exactly. So on that basis, uh, how do you uh, evaluate the opportunity? You must do a huge amount of uh, research and background checking on the different clients or you have prospects that you, you know, like a wish list and things like that. I'm not asking you to give away any of your new business trade secrets, but, you know, what, what are agencies doing and looking for in clients? I think it's all around the cultural fit. Like you said, you, you kind of... If you're good at business development, not new business, so really you should always have your prospects and be going after them and understanding their business and how they work before it even comes to pitch. So I think prospecting is a really key thing here. And then if you do have a gem of a client that comes up which wasn't on your initial list, it's evaluating that against, have they got the same culture as you? Have they got the same brand values? Do you love the work they're currently doing? And I think we've we've actually got a scorecard at PhD of what we what we will and will not turn down. Um, and we've turned down to pitch a hell of a lot of new business in the last couple of years. Um, so I think that having that key criteria of this is what we're looking for and this is who we want to work with helps you become so much better at pitching. Because mm. 
the client doesn't want to work with you if you're not a right, the right brand fit for them either. As, as you said, it's a partnership. It's always interesting um, as a pitch consultant when you phone an agency and before you even get out the question, they'll go, yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, hang on, I haven't told you who the client or what category or what's involved or any of those things because, you know, actually uh, we think it's important for the agency to ask all those questions. You know, it, it's important for an agency to make a business decision. So the only way to make that business decision is to actually ask the question so you can evaluate whether this is a opportunity that's worthwhile. And I think that comes down to confidence, don't you? Like if you if you have got the confidence to know that no we're we're going to hold out for those ones that we do want and those brands we do want to work with, I think it's having the confidence to say no um, and being strong by that because you've got much more chance of winning the ones that you do want to win. Yeah, um, a lot of agencies that suffer from um, you know a, a, a cultural malaise is often because they've pitched for lots of work and they've got a low um, conversion rate. Mm -hmm. And you find out that the reason they have a low conversion rate is because they've pitched for everything that moves. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, what you're saying is uh, absolutely right. If you uh, become more selective and pitch for the things, one, that you want you're and, and think is a good fit, then you're more likely to win. So your conversion rate is much higher and the agency is buoyed by the wins, not uh, feeling drained by the losses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's, a, it's almost like uh, in, in a new business, business development role, you're part of the culture, you know, protecting or nurturing the culture of the agency as well. It's keeping hold of your talent as well. I mean, people always put their best talent on pitches, and if you burn those people out, you're going to lose them. So you need to make sure that it's a morale thing to make sure you're pitching for things you want to win and you're all in all in it together. Sorry, I'm laughing um, because the one thing clients say all the time is, we don't just want their A team, we want the team that's going to be working on our business. Mm. I, I think it's really interesting as well because we, we kind of face this and I don't know if I'm, I'm going to be told I shouldn't have said this but we kind of face the challenge of sometimes you put your absolute you know most senior people in the room and it will turn around and the client will say no we, we, we you didn't win this because we wanted to see the people working in the room another time you'll lose a pitch based off the fact of you put the people working in the room and they said oh everyone else sent their most senior people you you couldn't be bothered to show up so <laughs> I, I do think it's a it's a balance between you know knowing what the client really wants and I, I think that working with consultancies does help you understand that because that's a difficult uh, conversation to have. You know, who do you want us to bring out? You know, our senior people or the people that will be working on the business. But you know, we point out to clients that there's a flaw in that, which is believing that the agency seems to have an endless supply of resources that will suddenly appear to be able to work on their business should the agency be successful. Yeah. I mean, if it's a large piece of business, you could be adding 10, 15, 20 staff. You don't have those people just sitting around waiting for the next client to walk through the door, do you? Yeah, well, I think <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, I think that Volkswagen's a really good example. So when we won Volkswagen, the transition period, we actually put a halt on pitching for quite a while to make sure we could truly embed that and had the resource available. And I think kind of sparing up things like not going for new business and different things, you can make mm. that talent available um, ready in time for the client, I think. But yeah, when it's, in, when it's 
go into the room, you've, you've got to be careful with um, who you're putting in there. And it is a big thing. And making sure the people you're putting in the room have a good fit with the other people in the room. Like you could, you have to make sure that you've got that balance. There's also the issue of diversity. It's, it's um, casting is a really big thing for new business, I think, and can make or break because people buy people at the end of the day. Yeah, you're looking at creating a chemistry, a fit, that, uh, and you're often doing it uh, blinded because you can't really get to understand the client unless you meet with them, or even the, the mix of the client. You know, you can certainly ask questions and, and do a bit of research, but uh, it must be incredibly difficult. It's a bit hit and miss, isn't it? Because it's, uh, it's not a numbers game. Though some agencies actually, having said that, some agencies play the numbers game. You know, how many uh, clients will be coming? Oh, well, there'll be five. Right, well, we'll have six people there. You know, it's one for each client plus one extra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God for, for LinkedIn because you can, at least you can have a little bit of an overview of who's going to be coming into the room. I think. And where they've worked. And yeah, like, I think that's they've really they've changed helpful. jobs every six months or, you know, and then check to see if every time they change jobs, there's a change of agency and things like that. Well, I think as well, it's things like knowing how, like, advance their media knowledge is. I think that's a really good way, like, seeing where people have worked previously. Mm. You can understand, you know, how simplified do we need to make this or, you know, do we do we really need to go into granular detail? So yeah. I, I think, yeah, being able to stalk, <laughs> to stalk the people <laughs> coming into the room is always helpful. Now, I don't want to get into uh, finger pointing and sh naming and shaming here, but... What are some of the worst practices that often happen in pitches? You know, what are the things that really leave a bad taste in a in an agency's mouth, or or lead to what I call pitch bitching about pitching? Bitching about pitching. Well, I was certainly doing that in my article. Um, I think transparency is a key one. I feel like sometimes clients will hold back you know a secret bit of knowledge when really if it's going to be a partnership we need to know everything we can to make sure that we can deliver the best answers mm -hmm. on the day um i think that talking about the day the other thing is you know pitches aren't one in the room and anyone who kind of has that mentality will never win a new business pitch it's it's from the beginning right through to the end of when that decision is made and i i feel like worst practice if that's what we're talking about is you know when people give up post post the pitch it's, it is all the way until the end and um, so I think that's another key one even I'd say if you're unsuccessful the really smart agencies stay in touch with mm. those clients couldn't agree with you more they become a like they should always become a prospect I think going back to what you were saying about procurement it can sometimes mean that you know the price is driven down to the point where you know the agency can't deliver and we've been in fortunate scenarios before where we've pitched for a client they've said oh we loved your ideas the best um but then the, someone else has won and then pro, uh, post that we've then been in a fortunate position where they've said okay well the agency couldn't deliver on what they promised so here <laughs> let's um and they couldn't deliver because they weren't getting paid to deliver because they actually gave the lowest price yeah. which meant that they couldn't put the right people on the business. Exactly. So I, I do think it is always important to make sure that once you have pitched for a new piece of business, even you don't you don't know where that person's going to move on to. They, then the, per, the decision maker might not have loved your ideas the most, but their number two might have loved you and you they've moved over to somewhere else. So, Because transparency is a really good point. You know, all we hear about in the industry is uh, agencies have to be more transparent about trading. Agencies have to be more transparent about this. Agencies have... But transparency is a two-way street, isn't it? 
Absolutely. Um, I have no other answer for that than yes, please, more, more transparency on okay. both sides. So we have this argument and we especially have this argument not with marketers, but with procurement. And procurement people will tell us, no, I can't tell you the process of the pitch. No, I can't tell you who else is involved. No, I can't tell you the value of the contract. No, I can't, you know, they can't tell you all these things. Why can't you tell me these things? Because it's confidential, right? So you want me to to go through the process of completing a tender? Because, you know, a lot of agencies don't realise we tender as well. As consultants, we tender for a lot of projects, especially the larger ones. And they completely shut off any transparency at all that would allow you to put together a better response to their tender um, because it's not, you know, it's confidential and it can't be shared. It's not a great way to start a relationship, is it? I just don't think you'd get the best results um, from working like that. I think procurement are really important and they're becoming ever more important. I was in Cannes recently and the, the big thing that everyone kept talking about was no matter what role you're in, understand procurement, how they work, how their decisions are made. Um, and I think that, that procurement are becoming more sophisticated in some of the, the ways they work. So case studies, for example, they're looking at the ROI and how they um, evaluate different case studies um, within the pitch presentations that you deliver. So I think procurement are a really important, play a really important role. Um, but yes, it does cause a lot of barriers when you are trying to, you know, make connections and test ideas. There's, there's no better pitch process than when the client is involved with you every step of the way and you're working together to deliver the best results. And there are scenarios where that is blocked off. But as I said earlier, if, if you've got a good pitch consultant involved in that process, they will often kind of be that voice that we need to get through to the client. So mm. it, it, it's, a, it's a three-way relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one of the other areas of transparency that also, and again with procurement, is they'll go the other side, which is now we're going to be completely transparent about your response agency. So we're going to have a Q&A and you can ask any question you like, but by the way, we'll be sharing those questions and answers with all of the other agencies. Does that, do you think, stop agencies asking a lot of the questions that they should really need to ask? Because knowing all of the other agencies that you're competing against is, are going to not only see your questions, which gives them insights into your thinking and strategy, but also the answers. Absolutely. I was actually talking to our worldwide new business um, lead while I was over in London and talking about this exact point of you, you're kind of, you don't want to give away your secrets. And if you're, the questions tell, <laughs> tell a, a big, paint a big picture and tell, tell the story. So absolutely, I think that we need to get better at the way of not being maybe possibly so fair. So for example, yeah. Well, it's not fair. It's a, they, it, they're saying it's a level playing field, but it's not a level playing field. It's creating a playing field where no one can win because it reduces everyone to the lower, uh, to the common denominator. And what you're actually trying to do is decide what's the differences between the agencies. You know, if chemistry is the only thing, um, certainly chemistry is something we feel. Mm. You know, I you can know. I completely agree. I think that you know, there's also the the problem of you know the questions get shared, but also we can't also get in touch with the client like we would yeah. want to. So, for example, if we ask for a tissue session or an additional, you know, with our sources, our main pro planning process, and 
can we come and demonstrate this to you? And they'll say, the procurement guy will say, yeah, absolutely, come on in. But then that will open up every single other agency to go in and have a similar session. Yeah, well, everyone else gets the same yeah, because that's fair. But it wouldn't... I think it by asking, you're the ones that are showing this is how we work. And if the client wants to work with you in that way, they should be privileged enough to have that opportunity. I mean, you don't ask, you don't get. And I think that those that don't ask shouldn't be benefiting from, from other people willing to go out there and show other examples of the way they work. Mm. Yeah, I think um, procurement in trying to bring a level of diligence and governance to the process often uh, are not understanding the underlying drivers of selecting agencies. You know, it's not like you're buying a commodity. Well, you'd hope you're not buying a commodity. But in trying to bring everyone down to a common denominator, you're actually often eliminating the opportunities for agencies to truly show the value that they provide, which has to be in their strategic thinking. Yeah, and I think as things move more towards programmatic, it's going to become harder and harder for procurement to audit these types of things. Um, so not putting everyone on a level playing field and letting the agencies demonstrate what they're capable of and how they ideate and the different things they do are really, really important. The best scenario for a pitch is when you've got procurement and your marketeer working really, really closely together and aligned on, you know, who are the decision makers? If, if, it, if it all comes down to money at the end of the day, be transparent with the agency, set up an online bidding platform and <laughs> let, let, that be, let that be the way forward. It's, it's, hopefully it never comes down to that. Hopefully innovation and creativity are important, but if, if, that's, if that's the solution, then I think... And, and ultimately, at the end of the day, everything's negotiable. You know, I think this idea of putting your proposal, your financial proposal in, and then turning around and saying, well, we can't afford that, so we'll go for the cheaper one, is sort of flawed thinking, isn't it? I mean, you know, b buying anything, what, what's something, you know, choose something, um, a, a phone... You know, well, I can't afford that one, but I can afford this one. It hasn't got anywhere near the functionality of the more expensive one, but that's the one I can afford, and it's a phone. Mm. So I'll just go with that. Yeah, and I, I mean, most it depends what phone you um, what phone you're um, initially does. I think a lot of the time people people know what they're looking for from the outset. So if you if you know, already know you want a particular phone or you know you only want the cheapest one. You need to kind of be transparent about that in the beginning yeah. of the process and say that we're just looking for this cheap, easy. Let's let's get that done. Or I want the top of the range. Um, I don't know all the gadgets and apps that you could possibly want on a phone. But um, yeah, I think it's about the Swiss Army knife. Yeah, phones, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. It has all the bits that fold exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah. But you need to know which one you want from the from the outset. I think, and that creates the fairest process possible for all parties involved. So that goes back to your early point, which is good pitches are ones where everyone's aligned on what success looks like, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think that's crucial. But if you, as a marketer, went to market and said, what we're looking for is X, Y, and Z, wouldn't every agency say, well, we're X, Y, and Z? But I, I think... Um I, I, I completely, yeah. yes, Cause, absolutely. Because you know, one of the difficulties is everyone is everything to everyone. You know, every agency uh, pretty much will say they can do everything. Yeah. I was talking to someone actually when I was in London and we were talking about, I was actually talking to another pitch consultancy and they were saying to me how, you know, agencies are 
much the much there's, there's a lot of similarities you know and the most important thing is truly understanding what your number one unique selling point is and always being consistent with what that is um, and I think that you know if, if an agency comes out and says oh or a client sorry says this is what we're looking for marketers are smart enough to read between the lines and say actually you're, that's not what you are that's not what you're delivering on mm. all your marketing comms all your communication everything in the trade press doesn't lead you down the path of being you know the specialist in that area so it's just really important to know exactly who you are and have a clear vision on what yeah. that is that would be having a clear differentiated brand or a distinctive brand that's known for x and yet uh, holding companies have traditionally um, run agency brands almost as conflict houses you know like if we can't put that automotive into media agency a we've got media agency b or media agency c or as the joke went we've got media agency m media agency m or media agency m to choose from you know it, it's it it worked against the idea of agencies being very distinct brands and what do you how do you find that because for, coming from an internal coming from someone who's worked you know across omnicom there's a big difference in each of the agencies and the different culture and the different values and the different processes and ways of working that personally from an internal perspective i don't see it like that but then maybe from an external you would well i think um the biggest problem every agency has is how to articulate that to an audience that is largely disinterested until the moment that they're interested. You know, you could do a lot of marketing articulating the clear differences of PhD versus uh, uh, OMD versus what's one of the others in the group? Um, Foundation. Foundation, yeah, right. So you could articulate that, but the audience doesn't care until they're in the market to buy. And then when they're in the market to buy, they've got maybe five or six other agencies media agencies all telling them how they're different or how they're distinctive and i think that's one of the issues because at the very basis of it there's an offering of services that pretty much defines you as being a media agency then it comes down to the best fit and the best proof of capability and the best chemistry um, and the sad thing is and then the best price is the the drivers of who who is successful in the end but that's why i think there's a real call for changing the way we currently pitch like you know it's a pitching's a bit of a song and dance of okay we, we, we've got six weeks to show you this is this is who we are this is how we yeah, work beauty parade that's what people call it it's yeah. the beauty parade you know call, call six agencies get them to come in and you know sort of swan around and then we'll pick the one that we like yeah exactly and that's that's why i think going back to what you were saying earlier i think there's a flaw in the way we currently pitch and the way things are run and um, we've been doing this in the same way for the past what 15 years um and i think that that's where we need to change things because as you said it is a beauty parade and we just come out and flaunt, flaunt what we've got and um i don't think that's a good way of evaluating who is the right fit for your agents for your brand one of the things that uh, for about 10 years we've been promoting is strategic days where the client works strategically in a workshop with each agency, a day each one. Now, creatively, that happens a lot. A lot of clients see the sense of that. From a media perspective, they really struggle with it because 
I think in media, the buying part of it doesn't lend itself to a workshop. But the strategy part is almost overshadowed by the buying part because ultimately the money gets spent on buying and yet all the thinking that drives that that buying strategy happens in a strategic planning process, doesn't it? Yeah. I've Have you had many pitches where you've in, been involved in sort of a long, full-on strategy? Because I know that would work brilliantly to PhD's source, is it? The yeah, source? Yeah, source process. Where you've got... It's an online connection. It's all like almost like better than Marcel, publicist Marcel. You just had it. How long has it been around? Seven, eight years? Oh, I wouldn't know off the top of my head, but it's, it's been around for a very long, long time. time. And it's continuously um, improving, constantly in beta. So, yeah, it's um, when you were saying about one one day planning sessions, that was music to my ears because I was like, well, that would actually be PhD's time to shine. Um, we have real trouble, though, getting marketers to do that with media. They'll do it creatively. They'll do it uh, with digital. But when it comes to media, they sort of think, oh, no, that's more like a presentation than a workshop. Maybe it's because they don't feel that they have the insights to share, in a, you know, to sustain a full day of media. Mm. Well, I, I guess that goes back to our original point of what are you looking for? Mm. So if you just want someone to buy cheap, then yeah, that a, to a strategic planning day is not something that you're really going to get a lot of value from. Whereas if this is something, you know, that, that we're PhD or a strategic led planning agency. Mm. So for us having and a day... And globally. I, yeah, I mean, you know, exactly. it's the one thing that uh, it makes you distinctive in that uh, the OMG group is PhD. Mark Holden uh, is the heart of PhD or the head of yeah. PhD. Well, you mentioned Mark Holden and I smile automatically. Um, I, I absolutely love Mark. Um, but yeah, and he's a big driving force behind what PhD stands for. And we're, we're quite good in uh, kind of transforming that across the, uh, across the world. So I think for us, the planning days would be perfect. And I think for many agencies, actually, they'd enjoy the opportunity to mm. showcase, you know, this is how we think, this is how we do things, this is how we work. If all you're interested in buying, then no, it's not the right process for you. It's interesting because clients will often go, ooh, a whole day with each agency. And, and one of the caveats we say is that you have to have the list down to three. Absolutely. So it's three days. Yeah. Right? And they go, three days with each agency. Oh, but won't we just be covering the same territory? Every single time at the end of those three days, one, the marketers have found it incredibly exciting because they realise how different each agency is. Two, They've incredibly valuable as far as, you know, you've basically worked with each agent. It's like a test drive. It's as close as you'll get to a test. Third, they also very clearly understand and know who they want to work with. Because, you know, like a presentation, you, you said before, bringing in your senior team who are good at presenting. I feel like almost any agency should be able to sustain a two-hour presentation. But you try and sustain a full-day workshop you can't perform for a full day. Yeah. You end up revealing who you really are as an agency when you have that amount of exposure to the client. Yeah, and I think that goes back to the very beginning of the conversation with who do you put in the room. So if you're running a workshop, I feel confident, you know, anyone at PhD could could work and that's, that's our bread and butter, that's what we do. And to put a strategic planning day on, 
you would, it wouldn't matter who's in the room. You know, you could put the, the most junior people and feel confident that they'd be able to excite and deliver for the clients. Whereas, as you said, a pitch presentation is the ability to speak and having the confidence to present confidently. It's more like a sales role. Like if you had more uh, media owners working in agencies, I mean, it would become a it would become a real a real oh, show and tell. <laughs> so some of the best trading people in Australia. Um, I've seen completely, uh, you know, when they're under the pressure of having to, and I put in quotes, perform in a pitch presentation, and you see them perspiring and they're they're, they're, um, losing their place and things like that, and the client's judging them on their ability to do a presentation. The head of trading doesn't have to be a good presenter. The head of trading has to be very good at negotiating the best possible deal for you. So I just think it's funny how we've created that artificial construct as a way of checking whether someone's the right agency for the job. Absolutely. Um, I, I think that the death by PowerPoint um, oh. is not fair on the client either. Like I, I don't know how they stay engaged for a whole day or two days when they're going around and seeing each different agency. Um, so I, I think that having a more interactive thing where they get the opportunity to you know put their ideas and their thoughts forward as well is a really great um format of doing that kind of thing. One of the other things that we've found with those workshops is putting in their incumbent creative agency Mm. into the workshop. Great idea. Because you then test, well, how well does the creative agency work with the media agency or even if you've got a digital, you know, how do they all work together? You can actually test that out. Yeah, like fantastic idea, especially considering, you know, media and creative, there is a close fine line between the two of them at the moment and you know media agencies are becoming more creative in the way they think and the way they work and it's important to make sure that that creativity is enhanced through working with a creative agency Mm. Um, so yeah I I think yes to that (laughs) this is our um, pitch in in a day process we call it because it's all about the day yeah. Um, that's why I was interested because you referenced uh, Oyster Catchers have recently come out and said that they've uh, launched a new pitch process that uh, shortens the whole thing, haven't they? Yes, yes, they have. Um, that's been a, a global thing. I think I think that the more you can kind of condense the, the process, but I, I mean po- probably more in terms of layers. Mm. You know, it, I, you want to have the time to be able to deliver great work, but if you're spending, you know, three weeks filling out an RFI that no one's going to read, um, <laughs> then <laughs> then you need to make sure that you that maybe those layers are not quite so necessary. And I was talking to you earlier about, you know, having great templates and things that we can use and not make it too difficult for the agencies to have to go through that process. But giving us time to do some great work is really important. Okay, so what are some of the things that consultants could do better, just generally, in when they're managing pitch process? Um, that's difficult because I'm talking to a pitch consultant. <laughs> I've got a thick, thick skin. Um, I think that, you know, keeping, not becoming an extension of their marketing team is quite important. I think that, you know, going in quite objective um, to to what you guys are there to offer. I think a really, really important thing is to really understand the client's business and understand what they're looking for. If the consultant knows that, that takes so much pressure off of the um, marketer and also off of the agency because the consultant is always there and available and, you know, available anytime to kind of chat through, you know, this is what this is what I think would help you. Um, 
so I think having that understanding is really really important of going going into the business beforehand and also the um, transition period afterwards we've worked with consultancies before that you know you've you've won the new business you, you call up the the pitch consultant and it's like oh we're not working on that anymore so having them from the beginning all the way through to the end of the process of transition I think is something that we could really help We'd love to do that. It's just that most clients go, no, we don't want to pay for that. Yeah. We'll just go, once, <laughs> once we've selected the agency, thank you very much. Look, um, just to provide some feedback, um, just generally, is that um, most agencies seem to think that the consultant makes the decision or influences the decision. Whereas we've always very clearly positioned ourselves as facilitate the process so that the client can make the most informed decision possible. Now, we do know that there are consultants out there that put themselves on the selection panel and have a vote and, and try and influence that. But our concern, is all, and mine personally, has always been, if you influence the decision, then you have to take responsibility for when it doesn't work. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. But uh, the, you know, we both know that there are consultants that do that. They have, you know, their preferred agencies and uh, and are inclined to, uh, you know, recommend those agencies and just go through the process. And and as you said, that's not fair on necessarily the client because every client's got different needs. That's so fine. they need to be making their own decision. But it is the job of the consultant to completely understand their business and to understand, you know, throughout the pitch process what agencies can deliver on that. So having kind of an unbiased opinion is important. Yeah. You've got to facilitate a successful outcome, not make it. Yes. Mm. Hey, look, we've run out of time, but thanks for coming uh, to visit. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And uh, one last question. If you weren't working at PhD, where would you be working?